stunningly, except for Mexico, all of the countries listed in this graph have already dropped below this level. Uruguay, Costa Rica, Chile, Jamaica, and Cuba now have a total fertility rate of around 1.3 children per woman. The so-called, quote-unquote, ultra-low fertility threshold that has only been seen in a handful of European and East Asian countries. In a TED Talk delivered last year, Argentine economist and demographer Rafael Rothman said that his country's fertility had declined more in the previous six years than in the previous six decades. As a result, he told AQ, in 2024, there will be roughly 30% fewer four-year-olds entering Argentinian preschools than there were in 2020 a 30% drop in four years. A recent paper titled The Great Decline, Wanda Sella and three other Uruguayan demographers write that in just seven years, the total fertility rate in Uruguay dropped from two to 1.27 children per woman. There is no precedent for a fall of this magnitude in such a short period. We've warned you people we have been warning you for years now if this was an animal species like if you had an animal that was having every year and it was due to a recent and rapid decline that would categorize the species as an endangered or critically endangered species so we would categorize most cultural groups in latin america as critically endangered right now of their species and if we were environmentalists we would be freaking the fuck out about what's happening but nope not going to do anything because it's, it's it, they they don't really give a shit about Hispanic populations. They only care about them when they can use them as a wedge issue. Uh, and this is why I always say that the conservative movement needs to understand that the problems that Hispanic populations are facing are the problems that we are facing culturally. They're our allies. Would you like to know more? Well, Simone, mm-hmm. a couple days ago, it was brought to our attention again that we are again on the front page of Reddit by my brother actually this time he goes oh you guys made the front page again and this time we made the front page with a rehashed post it was just like a copy of an old post by one of those spammers that uh, what we look like a couple of parsnips nearsighted parsnips yeah making fun of us and being angry at us for nothing like they seem to think that we are white supremacists or something or that our movement is and and it's it's so frustrating for me how little what the pronatalist movement is actually doing has penetrated mainstream thought. <laughs> there aren't people like clapping back being like, you know that they have like 20 like anti-racist videos on their channel. Like they go really hard on this. And if you look at the areas that have the most tragedy in terms of fertility collapse, the vast majority of them are not white areas. Right. And in fact, there's some of the very areas that people like them would assume that we have some sort of like ideological beef with. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering. So what we're going to talk about is relevant because I just had sent to Malcolm while we were on a flight news about Latin America's fertility decline accelerating, (laughs) not just being bad, like we've already mentioned well, but no, accelerating it's and just accelerating but it's accelerating at a pace that's frankly baffling everyone except for us because we <laughs> could have told you like anyone yeah. who is familiar with latin american culture anyone who has a lot of latin american friends and anyone who knows us knows that's one of our primary friend groups like our company we are the only non-latin americans who work at our company so we are very very tight with latin american culture well, many of our best friends like uh, the godfather our first son is is peruvian for example so we 
know a lot about what's going on within those immigrant groups and within that culture. And anyone who knew that culture would know that their fertility is about to absolutely crash. And yet they, they make these assumptions about us because we code conservative and we are conservatives, but also no. like it seems that a lot of conservatives are freaking out about the border crisis. And, you know, they just assume that anyone who leans conservative is like, ah, people from Latin America are terrible. And that's ridiculous. Well, these people just aren't very smart. Like the, the people who, who hate us. <laughs> no, they're, and not putting, like they're, not, they're not, many of them are very smart. They're just not putting thought into this. They're just jumping to conclusions. They're but too polarized. We need to start talking about the statistics here. And yeah. these statistics also really, for me, show... When we're talking to reporters, like we talked to this reporter recently who was clearly just like an ultra leftist and unwilling to hear any form of reason. And she was like, all of the demographers that I've talked to say that you cannot predict long-term demographic changes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Every single one of the leading indicators that we're looking at right now, you know, whether it's religiosity, which is tied to fertility rates, we can even ask like Gen Alpha, like how many kids do you plan to have? And see yeah. that like 40% plan to have no kids, which isn't even like comparable to previous generations. And she's like, nah, 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 it'll all work itself out. And one of the things that we constantly see in this space and that's worth knowing is the, the articles are always, you know, falling birth rates baffle demographers and defy all expectations. And that is because they consistently are putting out data that is almost sort of like the opposite of when they're doing global warming stuff where they always exaggerate the data, mm. always underplay the scope of the problem and the speed of the drop you should expect. So you really need to look around at other things to predict where the, how bad the drop's going to be. So let's and, and this is a great example of that, this, this particular recent trend. So as recently as 2019, a benchmark study by the United Nations Population Division for 2020 to 2100 forecasting that for, for 2020 to 2100 forecast that fertility in Latin America and Caribbean countries would stabilize at an average of around 1.75 children per woman in the latter half of this century. So this was a recent study. So this was mm -hmm. only five years ago that this study was done. Mm -hmm. And this study said, and this is something we keep seeing from demographers, is they assume that there is a floor to fertility collapse, mm -hmm. even though, and they marked that floor in Latin America at 1.75, even though we keep seeing that no country seems to have hit this magical floor yet. They just keep going down and down and down. But it's also worse than that. This floor mistake is one that they have repeatedly made. So if you look at old demography stuff, the, they used to assume, like the demographers that were plotting world population, in the countries that had falling fertility rates, that they would hit a floor of 2.1. That the floor of fertility rates was replacement rate. That it was impossible that on average a country could fall below that. Mm -hmm. Right? Right now, well over half the world's population is living in a country below replacement rate fertility. So, you know, th this is old, old news here, but hold on. I got to read the rest here because you're like, okay, okay. So they thought the floor was at 1.75. Stunningly, except for Mexico, all of the countries listed in this graph have already dropped below this level. Uruguay, Costa Rica, Chile, Jamaica, and Cuba now have a total fertility rate of around 1.3 children per woman. The so-called, quote-unquote, ultra-low fertility threshold that has only been seen in a handful of European and East Asian countries. Now, when you're talking about a 1.3 fertility threshold, that is 
stunning. Mm-hmm. That means that these countries are basically having their population every generation. And when you're looking at that, you're looking at them disappearing in just a few generations. So in, a, in one of these countries, uh, even if their fertility rate doesn't keep falling, if they're below this 1.3 thresholds, that means max for every 100 people in one of those countries, there will be 27 great-grandchildren. So that is shocking. But there's but more statistics on this. But I also think another interesting thing here, and this is something that we keep calling out, religion is the solution or religious like cultures because if you're looking within a country typically the higher fertility populations are the conservative religious populations but not all religions were made equal and not all iterations of conservatism were made equal in terms of how they relate to collapsing fertility rates when exposed to prosperity and when exposed to contraceptives we've pointed this out a a lot of groups that people are kind of surprised about like for example muslims actually their population crashes much faster than most christians populations when exposed to prosperity. Jews just do amazingly well, basically, in any environment when it comes to falling fertility rates, or at least the conservative iterations of Judaism. Protestants do okay. All East Asian religions do terribly. You know, Hindus do terribly. Buddhists do terribly. And whatever is going on in like Korea and Japan and China do terribly. But one of the groups that does really bad that people are surprised at how bad they do, they, they actually perform about the same as Muslim populations are Catholics um, when exposed to the same levels of prosperity. Now, keep in mm-hmm. mind, most populations live at much lower levels of prosperity than most Catholic populations, which boosts their fertility numbers. But you you look at Europe, as I pointed out, the average Catholic fertility rate in Europe right now, if you're talking about the Catholic majority countries, the average Catholic majority country fertility rate in Europe right now is 1.3. Yeah, well, and at- we should point out like, Obviously, there are some Catholics who, and many Catholics, many Catholics, like devout Catholics that I know, are staunchly against birth control. And the article that did point out that birth control has been a major factor here, that, you know, a lot of women are getting implants that last for up to a couple of years that, you know, really just make it so easy to not get pregnant. And if they were very strict practicing Catholics, they probably wouldn't be using birth control at all because- This is what's really interesting. And I want to pull this out here, right? Which is that just because a culture is against something, like one of the things that we constantly point out when we're talking about sexuality and stuff like that Mm -hmm. is if you want your people to use less pornography, the very last thing you want to do is ban pornography. Exactly. Because in cultural groups that ban pornography, pornography consumption rates are higher. You can in the US look at like geographically, for example, how Mormon is a region, and then look at how much pornography is consumed. And it's a direct correlation there. This is done by like zip code. But continue with what you are saying. Well, just that I think people don't understand that like you can be in a very culturally Catholic area and, you know, go to mass and everything, but still take birth control that I think it's a lot more common than people might want to believe. So well, I, I wouldn't say that, that, that people want to believe. I think most Catholics know that like, and I don't even want to say even within the pronatalist groups, like Catholicism as a cultural group is very, very bad at enforcing its values. We know a number of like Catholic influencers, you know, who are like the court, the tradcast community and will use things like IVF privately. 
to have the number of kids they want to have. Like even on this more conservative pronatalist side, like actually enforcing cultural values has not been really strong. And I want to read the quote. Yeah, the Catholic thing, I guess I would say is like the people that I know who really, really push for like hard enforcement on especially things around IVF and birth control are 100% Catholics who don't need IVF or birth control. If you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. No, well, and they can say, well, nobody needs birth control. And it's like, well, I mean, no, um, like but, these are families that just like want to have infinity kids and, you know, or that like, you know, are not having not... problems. Yeah. yeah exactly. But I want to, I want to point out here and we can hypothesize on why they have been bad at, at keeping down the rates of these sorts of technologies. My guess is it is the sheer scope of rules within Catholicism, which has like lots of rules and the mechanisms used to enforce them, which is authority tells you that these rules exist, therefore follow these rules. Hmm. Because Jews also have a lot of rules, but they've been better at enforcing their following within their populations or in their their majority areas. But we'll get to this hypothesizing, but I want to read this exact quote here because I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, okay. So what's going on? Demographers say that Latin American and Caribbean women are finding it much easier to control the timing and number of children because of the expanding access to contraception. The region used to have some of the world's highest rates of unplanned adolescent pregnancy. Although the number of childbirths to teenagers continues to be high in some of these countries, government programs have begun to offer a variety of free or low-cost contraceptives to women who could previously not afford them. In Argentina and Uruguay, these programs include subdermal contraceptive implants that last up to five years. Rothman says the rapid adoption of these and other contraceptives contributed to a 55% drop in pregnancies to Argentinian women age 20 and younger. In Chile, teen pregnancies have dropped by around 70%. And in Uruguay, Capabella estimates that half of the recent fall in fertility rates is accounting for women ages 15 to 24. So what is really happening in these countries and what is causing the drop in fertility rates is the drop in unplanned teenage pregnancies. That is where these countries are suffering fertility-wise. Now, this is both a, one, it, it tells us part of the secret of what's going on here. It turns out that in these Catholic majority countries, historically speaking, they were able to keep high fertility rates through, through, effectively historically banning contraceptives, a lot of unplanned teenage pregnancies. Yeah, which Um, also sort of run, because presumably these are also unmarried teens. Like this is also not an ideal Catholic birth situation. Well, I I would actually say that this is a good thing. Like when we talk about- This shift, right? This shift of like, this shift away from parents who aren't ready to have kids toward parents who want to have kids, right? Yes, but it's it's more than that. So one of the things we talk about is people are like, oh, you guys in the pronatalist movement must want to keep fertility rates in Africa high, right? Um, And we're like, no, we want Africa to go through the same demographic transition. And we're happy that that Latin America is going through this demographic transition as well. Not because we want their populations to go extinct in the same way that we're seeing in East Asia and Europe and the Americas today, right? But because... 
the transition that we want to see happen is the number of unplanned children that are happening because, you know, either people are uneducated and don't know how to effectively use contraceptives or are not using contraceptives or are getting raped or something like that. That number of children decreases. And what we are trying to create is new cultural solutions, which allow for a country after it has gone through the demographic transition caused by erasing unwanted children or, or children born to families that didn't plan on it, mm-hmm. that can then motivate desired children existing at higher rates. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is a really interesting thing when we talk about how you fix this demographic situation, which I think has been smoldering and growing for a lot longer than people think. I actually think that the crisis really started a couple generations ago, which was when people started wanting smaller families and and wanting to have children later. Uh, But we didn't see it in the numbers as aggressively because of all of the unplanned teenage pregnancies that were happening and keeping the numbers higher, which was actually a number that was rising during the sexual revolution. So much so that the average child born to a woman in the United States in the 1970s, so pretty recently, was 21. That was the age of uh, first American mother's oh, birth. Gosh, I forgot that. Uh, so That's this crazy. is a, a transition that we in the United States went through very recently. Right. Uh, another thing I'd point out for people who are like, oh, these people are like racist or something like that. Like when we're freaking out about countries, we're freaking out about countries like the countries in Latin America. The <laughs> United States actually only declined in its fertility rate year over year, 2% this year which is just like astoundingly low when you're talking about countries around the world. The United States actually has a fairly robust fertility rate because, and and the real reason is, is because the United States has a a huge number of religiously conservative Protestants, which have high fertility rates and are less uh, impacted by fertility collapse than other groups. So that that is interesting. Another thing that is worth talking about is I wonder if we're going to see a rebound in Hispanic fertility rates because of the mass conversions we're seeing of Hispanic immigrants to the U.S. to the Protestant evangelical churches, which is something that we're seeing. But hold on, I want to get to some other quotes because they're really interesting sort of what's happening here. Oh, just okay. so, I think what's really interesting, just as a comment, just as yep. a comment, something I think is really interesting is that there's this really frustrating shift that takes place when you shift away from unwanted pregnancies and unplanned children that can't really be well cared for. It's ironic that like there are on the flip side of that, many families who then are married and they are ready to have a kid or more kids and they really want to, and then they struggle. And I think the key maybe, well, a key to pronatalism is finding that happy medium where we're not forcing unwanted children to be in the world and we're not, you know, people who aren't ready don't have to have kids and aren't having kids, but that somehow we overcome this issue of like then everyone who's ready just not being able to. And that's why reprotech is so important in pronatalism. And I think people are missing that. They're just like, no, no, let's go back to like forcing all these unwanted children. Let's let's get rid of birth control. You know, it's just it's so wrong. We need to find a societal way to motivate people and 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 to support people to have kids when they mm-hmm. should be having kids, which is in mm-hmm. their 20s, mm-hmm. um, 20s to mid 30s. Mm-hmm. Whereas right now, so- socially speaking, that's just considered incredibly weird. Like people think of that as almost like a teenage pregnancy when it's really not. That's your <laughs> fertility window. Yeah. You know, so. And, and, you know, it takes about a year and a half in between kids. So if you want to have a large family, you need to start having kids in your mid to early 20s. 
or you need to do what we did, which is freeze tons of embryos, which is not an option for many Catholic families. Yeah. But hold on. I want to go to- Just some financially, of- it's not an option for many families. Yeah, it's financially not an option. As In a TED Talk delivered last year, Argentine economist and demographer Rafael Rothman said that his country's fertility had declined more in the previous six years than in the previous six decades. As a result, he told AQ, in 2024, there will be roughly 30% fewer four-year-olds entering Argentinian preschools than there were in 2020. A 30% drop in four years. People, again, need to understand this is not a linear phenomenon we are looking at here. We are at an asymptote in terms of fertility collapse, and it is going to have a massive impact. And when we talk about like economic impact of fertility rates, you know, sometimes people roll their eyes and they're like, oh, people like you and Elon just want to keep your money. It's like, first of all, we're not like that well off. And Elon isn't going to be that affected by this. The people who are going to be affected by this are the people who are planning on their pensions, supporting them in their retirement, and they don't realize that these are unfunded government pensions, or who are planning on Social Security. It's going to be a bunch of starving elderly people, okay? In other words, um, like this, the demographical collapse, especially a hard landing on demographic collapse, is very similar to a hard landing on climate change which is to say that the people who are going to be disproportionately affected are going to be lower income, more vulnerable populations, period. Yeah. So next, Luis Rosberry Bixby, an eminent demographer who founded the Central American Population Center at the University of Costa Rica, uses the word vertiginously to describe, so basically vertically, to describe how births are falling in his country where fertility among native-born women is now approaching just one child per woman. In a recent paper titled The Great Decline, Wanda Sella and three other Uruguayan demographers write that in just seven years, the total fertility rate in Uruguay dropped from 2 to 1.27 children per woman. There is no precedent for a fall of this magnitude in such a short period. We've warned you people we have been warning you for years now this is not just a linear situation it is not just a developed world problem it's coming for all of you bastards so buckle up and figure it out okay get over this small-minded everyone who's talking about this must be a racist This is affecting the people you pretend you care about. And one of the things that always disgusts me, because that really shows where progressives come from, is I'm like, this is not like a white problem. Like you see this problem in American, African communities. You see this problem in Latin American communities. You see this problem all around the world. You see this problem uniquely in East Asia. And they're like, is Africa fine? And I'm like, yes, Africa is fine. And they're like, well, then I don't care. Like we can just move people from there. And I think it shows, and I think that this is something that a lot of groups are beginning to realize, but we saw was the BLM riots and stuff like that, that were mostly in Hispanic neighborhoods and mostly destroying Hispanic communities because those were the recent immigrants, similar to what happened in the LA riots where they destroyed the Korean communities. And the newspaper's just not covering that these, the groups that were victimized were minority populations. They don't care. They don't care because they have a hierarchy of which minorities matter and which minorities don't matter. But it's also not just people in Africa, like we've pointed out multiple times before, many of the most passionate pronatalist groups are African or of African descent. And while sure, there are some 
very high fertility populations in Africa. There are also a lot of people who are like, yeah, not my cultural group, not my ethnic group. So it's just like, oh, I don't know, like whichever ones are left over that are high fertility. As if like it's well, all the same. That's the way Africans see the world. Africans yeah, see the yeah, world. Africa is not like the one whoa man like it's not one thing like, look at look at this like how you know black unity and you have like the hootie tootie like massacres and stuff like that no africans usually see themselves as part of a tribal group and she's she's telling the truth the prenatalist movement some of our best like i would say like most competent like members that i'm really excited about are african immigrants but primarily african immigrants i would say simone because yeah, they well, i mean because fertility rate falling and the yeah. wokes coming for their children just as, as aggressively as they're coming for everyone else's children, yeah. if not more aggressively, which makes it even harder for them to maintain intergenerational cultural transfer. Well, and I feel um, like the groups that are, we'll say, demographically under threat in like on the living in the continent of Africa don't recognize it so much as a demographic issue as they do as like a geopolitical and security issue for various complicated reasons. Right. But it yeah, is. You can watch our video on the future of Africa if you want to learn more about our take on Africa. Uh, we do think that Africa is going to be one of the keys to the future of humanity going forwards. It is. Uh, in part but also Africa is not a monolith and many, many, many cultures and ethnicities in Africa are under severe threat. So like to be like, well, Africa's okay, so... No. Yeah, yeah, Africa has more genetic and cultural diversity than the rest of the world combined. This Come is on, an guys. objective fact. And 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 because of that, it means that you know, when you're looking at which cultures are suffering in Africa and which aren't, to just be like fertility rates are fine broadly in Africa isn't really telling you what's going on on the ground. But hold on, there's more quotes I want to read here. Okay. Among demographers, 2023 will be remembered as the year Brazil quote unquote shrank by almost 5 million people. A new census put the country's population at 203 million people, well below the 208 million previously estimated by Brazil's National Statistics Institute, and even further from the 216 million calculated by the United Nations. Those missing people didn't vanish or immigrate, they were never born. The 2020 census, delayed by COVID-19 pandemic, showed that Brazil's population grew during the 2010s by just 0.52% per year, half the rate seen through the 2000s, and the lowest such percentage since 1872. This is bad. This is bad. And I realized when I did the China video, there was a way I could have worded it that would sound even more severe. So a different way to word what's going on in China right now. As newly leaked data reveals that the China that China recorded fewer than eight million births in 2023, if this figure is confirmed, it would represent a decline of 17 percent from 2022 and almost 60 percent from 2016. So, if if we're looking at an eight year period, there a 60 percent drop in fertility rate in eight years. So around the world, the the scope of this and the breadth of this phenomenon is being systemically covered up, basically, by the mainstream media because they have decided it's a conservative issue, which is in part what has pushed us into the hands of conservatives. And so be it. If this is going to be conservative global warming, it'll be conservative global warming. And by that, what I mean is, is one of these sort of obvious statistical phenomenon that the other side, for ideological reasons, can't admit or talk about. I would like to say global warming is an obvious phenomenon. I'm not saying man-made global warming is an obvious phenomenon. I'm just saying global warming more broadly is an obvious phenomenon. The Earth is getting hotter. 
That is when people argue against that or are like, oh, it was cold this year, they look really stupid and it pushes people to the other side. And I think that fertility collapse is the same thing with, with progressives as they uh, seem to have an incapability of admitting it. And once they do admit it, then they'll say, well, it's not a problem or, well, it can just be fixed with immigration, which is obviously not true at this point. And it, and it shows, I also think the inherent racism of the left, which is what we were talking about, which is to say, uh, they don't give a shit that Hispanic populations are going extinct, that the vast majority of Hispanic cultural groups in the world, when you're talking about fertility numbers of 1.3, if this was an animal species, like if you had an animal that was having every year and it was due to a recent and rapid decline, that would categorize the species as an endangered or critically endangered species. So we would categorize most countries in Latin America or most cultural groups in Latin America is critically endangered right now of their species. And if we were environmentalists, we would be freaking the fuck out about what's happening. But nope, not going to do anything because it's, it's it, they, they don't really give a shit about Hispanic populations. They only care about them when they can use them as a wedge issue. Uh, and this is why I always say that the conservative movement needs to understand that the problems that Hispanic populations are facing are the problems that we are facing. Culturally, they're our allies. There are a bunch of trad cast populations. Like, what are you doing pushing them away? Like, why, why would you not see our obvious allegiance with these groups? And the reason why progressives are taking them into the country is because the lowest fertility rate of all the fertility rates is the urban monoculture, which is what progressives are championing. And the only way they can maintain a stable population is having a constant flow of children to take and when they lose when they when they you know conservatives who live in our country start taking our kids out of schools and stuff like that which is happening at an unprecedented rate now because we see now they're just conversion systems they're like okay import people we'll take their children but really quickly and, and specifically I'm, i think you meant to say malcolm you meant to say progressives are taking them oh sorry conservatives are taking them out of the schools Conservatives are taking children out of the schools. Progressives are trying to use the school system to take their children. Yeah, yeah. And when and and because of that, they now need to import new children to take. But you know, Hispanic communities aren't stupid, and they they are have very good systems for informational transfer, and they're going to figure this out really quickly. And I think one of the next freakouts that we're going to see among progressives is when they realize that first generation immigrant kids are being taken out of public schools and being homeschooled in mass. Yeah. They're going to be like, uh oh. Well, and I mean, um, we're hopefully going to be partially to blame for that, right? Like we're trying to make it a hell of a lot easier for anyone to opt out of mainstream industrial, public or private schooling for something that protects cultural sovereignty. So, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. what do they mean when they're like, oh, we'll bring in Hispanic groups and we'll assimilate them. I'm mm -hmm. like, what the do you mean by that? They're like, we will bring in the, the melting pot. What do they mean? Melting away their culture. They, when they mm -hmm. say assimilate them. Uh, you end up with an average. They don't mean assimilate them to Christian conservative traditions. These people are already conservative trad casts. They mean that they want to erase their conservative trad cast traditions mm -hmm. and assimilate them into the urban monoculture. And again, there, you know, sometimes conservatives hear this, and I always have to point this out because I cannot. They're like, "What?" But they bring crime, and it's like every time a conservative trad cast population has immigrated to the U.S. in mass, they have brought crime with them: the Irish mob, the Italian mafia. It's just something they do, and then it goes away in a couple generations. Chill the out, okay? Anyway, so that is that is part of that tradition. But anyway, Simone, do you have any final thoughts on this? No, I just would encourage people to... 
rethink what they like their assumptions are because if there's a ton of coverage in the news especially in the united states about like the immigration crisis and it's like oh people coming from latin america and it, it gives one the impression that like there are i mean if public schools in new york are being shut down so that you know refugees can have somewhere to stay you're given this impression that like latin america is just like overflowing with people, right? That it's just like, they're just pouring out. They can't even fit in because it's so full of conflict or something and people, whereas really like they are, they're hurting much more as Malcolm has just demonstrated in this article is very clearly demonstrated than the United States. So just that's, I think what yeah, I well, hope people take away from this. Sort of the game of the shell game that's being played here, because right now in the US, like this year, the fertility rate of immigrants, like like the total number of immigrant first generation immigrant children being born in the U.S., is higher than the na rate of Native Amer uh, of of U.S. natives. Yeah, and some people are freaking out about this, and it's like, bro, they're not impacting the native fertility rate at all. There aren't, you know, like even if you're an ethno uh, centrist, right? There are not fewer white births because there are more Hispanic births. Yeah. There are fewer white births because white people are choosing not to have kids anymore. You, you, you need to stop thinking about this in this old system. The Hispanic populations across the board, even if they are in the U.S. at higher rates than they were historically, that does not affect their overall fertility rate, which is getting smashed yeah. in every country they are, whether it's in the U.S. or Hispanic fertility rates in the U.S. are not good. They are falling yeah, much they, well, Yeah, they, they fall, right? The only population that sees an improvement in their fertility when they come to the United States is... Koreans. Koreans, their fertility rate jumps by about 50% when they immigrate to the U.S. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so no, overall... The, the world's Hispanic population is actually in a much more critical condition in terms of their falling fertility rate and even their existing fertility rate than the world's, or at least than America's white population. I would say that the scope and scale of the world's Hispanic population is probably about equal to the scope and scale of white European demographic situation. Yeah, but they have less wealth in terms of like the, the wealth in their countries and everything like that to deal with it. And it's going to get infinitely worse when China collapses, because a lot of these Latin American communities or countries rely a lot on exports to China and specifically exports that have been artificially inflated due to the construction boom. Um, exactly. So is she Although so China, the China stock market also tanked early this year. Real estate is only part of the problem here. So it's just no, 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 no. But real estate matters because that's the the domino that absolutely yeah. cannot stand in China anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yet it is the core of their economy. Watch our video on what's going to happen in the future of East Asia to to learn what we think of what's going on in China and the economy of China. Mm -hmm. um, but TLDR, buckle up. Buckle up. It's bad. It's a 60% fertility reduction in the last eight years. What was it? Like, that's insane. Yeah, like fam um, famine are... level fertility, but it's it's a famine of culture, Malka. Yeah. Famine of culture. And, and I would point out to any who thinks differently, if you kicked every Hispanic person out of this country, it would not help white fertility rates. If anything, it would hurt white fertility rates. It would totally hurt white fertility rates. If you look at the, the data. Yeah, and, and homogeneity not, does not help. 
the 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 imminence like like every ounce fought fighting against immigration is an ounce that you're not fighting to solve the much more critical problem that even if you are an ethnocentrist that you are going extinct Mm -hmm. yeah Um, i think the biggest the biggest problem with all these like intercultural inter-ethnic conflicts around demographic collapse is that the issue is not what the other guy's doing. The issue is what you are doing with your own people. Stop trying to enforce rules on other people by either keeping them out or telling them how to live. Just figure your own shit out for once because you are not doing well and you are not exempt from this at all. <laughs> I I couldn't have said it better, Simone. And I love you and I love your tough love approach to fertility rates because People need to get their shit together and realize that yeah, cash handouts don't work and that the only thing that works is figuring this out culturally, internally. And keep in mind that these fertility rates are falling before we have AI wives, before you have the massive impact of falling <laughs> sperm rates. You know, we're estimated to have 50% of the male population is going to be infertile yeah. in what was it like by 2060. Like, it's bad. It's bad. Oh my gosh. Also, yeah, of, of just, I mean, if endocrine disruptors are as disruptive, we'll say, as it is believed, I was actually just watching um, a video about some other element of Chinese culture. It's not relevant, but some of it included footage of people eating their meals in China. And they, there's like a lot of takeout, but like literally some of the meals are like in in plastic bags within in cups, like heated soup eaten out of a plastic bag, like I'm, I'm par- part yeah. of me is watching this and I'm like, dude, like even once the government starts forcing women in China to have kids, they're not going to be able to. <laughs> it's just like well, that could be part of the next video. Yeah. There you go. I love you, Simone. I adore you, Malcolm Collins.